It is the Chicagoverse Unlimited podcast, featuring interviews with the premier artists and industry in the Chicago music community. My name is Jaima Black. I host this podcast at DynastyPodcast.com. This week, Adam, Daniel, Jorge, and Sam of Yawn. Here's how that sounds. I'm a black here in Logan Square at the practice space of Yawn. I'm here with Adam, Daniel, Jorge, and Sam. Uh, gentlemen, how's it going? Good. Going great. Yeah, going good. Pretty damn well. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, we've got a lot to talk about with everything you guys have going on, but dude, somehow it has been three years since we've had you guys on the podcast. Like, I was listening to the last time we had you guys on, and it was when you were at Metro, I think, like post soundcheck, um, when you were doing the record release show there in 2011. And we were talking right around that. And then, yeah, somehow we haven't had you guys on since then. So um, welcome back. And I'm glad we were able to line this up. Yeah, I remember that day. Um, it wasn't our record release. It was just a show with uh, okay. Suckers. And previously, uh, I had gotten into an accident with the van, right? Wasn't that the same? Yeah, that's right. We were talking about that. We were totally talking yeah. about some kind of accident. Yeah. So, yeah, we took a bite of Sam's sandwich. And that's what it was, yeah. That infamous <laughs> it was Garib Nawaz, Pakistani place. They have these sandwiches that are really delicious, so much so that it distracted him <laughs> on the road. So maybe it's a little too dangerous to... Eat and drive. Don't eat and drive. This is the new position we have. Yeah. Wow, man. That's crazy. So thankfully tonight we're in a much safer place. Everybody looks like they're all in one piece. We're here in your kind of like awesome bat cave practice space. How long have you guys been practicing here? Not long since like mid-August. And yeah. I think we're going to have to leave pretty soon too. Um, Why is that? Not have to leave. It's a good thing. We've got, we got a new place lined up where we can practice and live. So. I thought you were going to say, like, every time we get someplace, it closes <laughs> and we get run out because we're going to definitely talk about that that's kind of been, thing. That's been the pattern. But I, I think this. Yeah, right. Yeah. We'll see. But I think this place is going to be good for a while. So. Cool. Um, well, you know, there's a lot going on with Yawn that we're going to talk about. How has the year been treating you guys? How has 2014 been for the band, either personally, professionally, all those kind of things? Kind of stagnant, actually. <laughs> After a field trip, we all kind of moved back home and had less time to practice and do uh, much of the work on, work on like music. And then we finally released the album, and now we're kind of getting back into the heat of things. Whereas like, whereas 2013 and 2012 were so much like so much work was going on that I guess this past year is more uh, more relaxed. I want to say, <laughs> not because we wanted it to be, just because it happened to fall into place like that. So, was field trip shutting down, which we're going to talk about as well in this interview. Field trip shutting down, you guys having to move home, was that kind of like when, you know, people graduate college and then suddenly they're like, oh, wait, I don't have a job lined up. I got to go back home. And, like, you had these years of freedom and independence. And Yeah, it was yeah, that feeling, yeah. definitely those first couple months after were really depressing and uh, a lot of pent-up energy that we couldn't release it toward and uh, just sitting at home doing nothing, you know. We were all mourning the loss for sure. We're still mourning it. But, um, you know, now it's exciting again. It's picking back up, uh, and we'll see where it goes. Did that kind of restless energy that you guys had after the venue closed, did that feed into the record, or was the record already done at that point? Only one song was put on after we moved out of Field Trip, but the record was, yeah, 90% done. Was the song called Fuck You, Mom and Dad, and I'm Adult? You have to <laughs> knock on the door now that I'm home again? No, that's one that we're working on right now, actually. <laughs> it's a B-side? Yeah, yeah. God, Mom, I'm 27! Ugh. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, man, uh, so you guys... <laughs> kind of want that song to exist now. Uh, you guys just released a new album. It's called Love Chills. And that just came out, what, like two, three weeks ago from right now? Two weeks, two and a half weeks ago. Something yeah. Like that, yeah. So really, really recently. And this is a record that, what is this? Is it your second or third full length? It's the second. Second full length. Okay, it's the second full length. So this is a record you guys have been working on for 
how long, what was kind of the timetable, the history of this album in terms of like when it started versus, you know, when it recently just came out? Um, well, I mean, we've been working on it for probably, I mean, from when the songs started to uh, come together until we were finally done recording them, it was probably like a, almost a two-year span. And it took way too long. Like, we kind of like lost, a, I don't know, momentum at some point, and then uh, finally were able to finish it. And then we sat on the album for a long time. So and if you add the amount of time it took for us to actually release it, it was even longer than that. Um, so we don't want to get into that trap again. But I mean, at the end of the the day we're still happy with it so that's what matters i guess yeah absolutely i mean i was reading the um there's a really great feature written um for a website called impose that delved into some of the details about the record some of the stuff that i was like you know curious to ask about and it kind of made it sound like you guys hit a point living at field trip where it became difficult to maybe kind of like zero in on the album there were too many distractions it was too much fun you were kind of doing this like lost boys neverland thing was that kind of the case or yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially toward the end, it was uh, it was just like a show every weekend that we yeah. had put together, and that was a lot of work. Just getting all that we we like to decorate the place a lot. We put like globes and planets, and we built that giant cat head and stuff. Giant cat head, man, absolutely. Where is that right now? Oh, it's it's all scattered on the roof. Part of it's in the van. Yeah, we snuck into field trip yeah. last weekend <laughs> and found part of the cat and we're just like, "Fuck it, we're taking it!" Just like, and Dave's hair and some fur coats and some shirts. Is field trip empty right now? It's, it's still it's, empty. As nothing's been done yet. Yeah, we it just says the way we left it the last day we were there. It's exactly the same way to this day. So disturbed isn't like squatting there, being like, "We got it back. It's ours now. We're not giving it up again." Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, no, it's exactly the same. Like uh, all the broken glass and everything, it's yeah. still there. What kind of challenges went into being in a situation where, like, you know, obviously you're putting the shows on, living in your workspace that's also a live event space, that's also your living space? Because I know, you know, a lot of people, you always read about, like, you know, working from home can be very challenging. You have to know how to separate home. And I've worked from home, but I certainly wasn't living in a live venue space as well. That was also my professional work recording space. So kind of what challenges did that really present in terms of, keeping the album from getting made. Um, well, yeah, there were all distractions, and uh, I mean, we would have, yeah, it would take a long time to set up these shows, and then just after the shows are done, you'd be exhausted and you wouldn't want to do anything anyway. So, I mean, yeah, it ended up being, taking a lot longer at certain points, but then I feel like when we actually, like, hunkered down and really tried to get it done, then it, it became really productive because we are working from home, so we didn't have to go anywhere. Everybody was always there, so we didn't have to wait for people to show up. Um, to work on it. So after a certain point, then we became, once we became motivated, then it started to uh, become pretty productive. Also, after like, after some time, we had the ability to live in the studio, so there was a lot of trial and error that we would do. But a lot of times we just record tracks, just keep like trying new stuff all the time. Instead of being at a studio where you're like limited amount of time, you have to kind of knock it out and kind of feel it out from there. We're just like, oh, let's try, move the mic, or fucking try a different amp, or whatever the hell. And so we just do that continuously. So it was an awesome learning experience, but at the same time, it was just like a little too much freedom was given to us, too. Yeah, I mean, I think that that can actually be damaging to, to artists of any kind of, uh, you know, not just musicians, but any, any concentration, really, where it's like, you know, if you were going to, like, write a comic book, and the publisher's like, get it done in the next nine years... You're just gonna be like, okay, maybe I'll maybe I'll do one page this year. You know what I mean? Like, there's something to be said, I think, for having a deadline, right? Yeah, we, we kind of had a self-imposed deadline when it became the uh, near the end of the uh, mixing phase, just so that we could actually just 
get it out there, get it done, and then finally just have it over with. Because yeah, after a certain point, if you don't have even to just create your own deadline, then you end up just... Because uh, we wanted to party. We didn't care about it. We just <laughs> wanted to party, have it done with. <laughs> yeah. You know, at what point did you kind of turn the corner where it started becoming, you know, did it draw you guys in and you're suddenly like, okay, we're a lot more um, inspired and, gotten, you know, kind of captivated with this project or did that happen or was it really just kind of like trying to finish your homework on the bus on the way to school? No, it was definitely a very, it's a very inspired record, at least for me. Um, I mean, it sounds like it. I wasn't trying to suggest otherwise, but yeah. I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm interested in this process because it does not sound like you guys had a normal right, right. construction well, process here. Al- there always is that you, you do have to take it upon yourself to do the scheduling and, and like, this, like Sam said, there's no studio time. So you really have to, yeah, do your homework like that. But overall, you know, the freedom is definitely worth it. You just have to, we just learned that that uh, time is really essential and getting getting ideas out as quick as possible is better for creativity too, you know, so. I mean, it, it was a learning process and, uh, you know, we wouldn't change it for anything though, you know. Now that the record's out, it seems like it's getting a good response. Has that kind of been the, the feeling from within the Yawn camp? You know, are you guys happy with how people are receiving it or? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah those who actually listen to it, I feel like enjoy it, so. That's always good. Everybody's listening to it. Everybody loves it. Yeah, that's true. It's crazy. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys got like, what is it? I want to say like Entertainment Weekly, Noisy. You got some really big press from this, right? I know there was another one. I got it written in my notes. um, Somewhere in my notes. NPR. That was another one. Yeah, Yeah. that was a big one. Um, Great publicist. Her name is Dana. She works for... She's got her own company called High Voltage. And um, yeah, couldn't be happier with her. What kind of impact does that make on an independent band when you're getting, you know, publicity from, like, Entertainment Weekly, which is a huge publication that has, like, Twilight on the cover or something like that. And then there's Yawn up there, which is awesome. Uh, it, it's, it's nothing but happiness for us, honestly. It's just yeah. getting more, more press on any, any format. Actually, you know, uh, printed publication is great. I think that was the first or one of the first we'd ever had in, like, a big magazine like that. Um, but, yeah, online presence is, like, absolutely essential, and we're just... We're just basking in it. Is that like, do you have people who are like reaching out to you who maybe haven't like talked to you guys in a while or like, dude, I saw your band in Entertainment Weekly. I like saw this feature about you on like NPR or heard you on NPR. Yeah. Does it reach people that you know and come back to you? Yeah. And I think more, more so now it's like, attaboy. It's like, there you go. Now, now it's, now it's started. It's not like a surprise to them. It's just more like, well, there it is. It's finally kind of kicking up, you know, and because a lot, a lot of uh, people who listen to our stuff are making their own kind of music or kind of art. And they they have the same kind of uh, process, the, the troubles and getting getting their stuff out there. So they're just like happy for us, not really surprised or anything, you know. Yeah. What kind of challenges do you face as you know an independent band, whether you know as from Chicago or or anywhere, you know? Because I know it's not always easy, and obviously we've covered the kind of roadblocks maybe that went into like putting the record together while living in you know field trip. But what kind of challenges do you face, or maybe what kind of challenges do you get? do you guys not face anymore, you know, because you've been a band long enough to maybe know how to circumvent some of those things? Um, well, booking would be one, right? Like now we could actually reach out to uh, like Empty Bottle, Lincoln Hall, or any of those people and they'd be like, hey, what's up? And they're like, oh yeah, you guys want a show? We could easily line you up, you know, there's something coming, blah, blah, like that. Um, one of the challenges you could face is financial, always financial yeah, troubles. Like, we all need, we all have second jobs because yeah, we have no way to afford it otherwise, at least at this point. Especially when ass will steal your van and you're completely rendered useless for a year. So, like, you know, that we had this kind of cool momentum going and then 
like after Lala and all these like possible things happening, like where, how are we gonna get around? We don't barely afford to live at our apartment, blah, blah, and I'll buy more shit on top of that. So that kind of like really stunted a lot of us movement for us a little bit. So that was like financially. But um, in terms of like not being an independent band, because we've never not been an independent band, so maybe we'd have to talk to the Orwells or something to find out how that how that is, you know, like because we've always been this way. And so honestly, yeah, the biggest thing was money. But um, I don't know the freedom. We've always had the freedom to do whatever the hell we wanted, and and also it's really valuable. It is, and it's yeah. empowering. And talking to you know like Alex White from White Mystery, she does everything on her own. That's super like super inspiring, just yeah. to see that that can be done to get good sponsorships on your own, you know, that is, that's like the future of like a, what we're going to try to do, I guess is more business minded, I think, because you need to be. I, have, I, I teach at Columbia right now, um, which is really, really an awesome gig. And in my class last year, um, I had Alex White come in and speak to the students in my management class about like self-management, entrepreneurialism, all those things. I think Alex White should be teaching at Northwestern or like Harvard or something, because she is just absolutely brilliant. I mean, she's a tremendous rock and roll artist. But if for some reason she ever just steps away from that, she should be teaching ASAP because she's brilliant. Yeah, or managing other bands or totally. doing PRs. I think she could do really well with that yeah, you know, in the years to come. Yeah, she's great. So you guys have, you know, since the van, you're talking about like losing the van, you have Vanny McBride now. Is that the thing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right. What? <laughs> when did that happen? How did that happen? I know it's from Hanksy, but uh, kind of what was the story behind this very serious vehicle that you're driving. Uh, we just we just got a van. We're like, just tweeted him like, listen, got a new van. You ready? He's like, yeah, I'm in <laughs> Chicago Labor Day weekend. Let's do this. We're like, sweet. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, he's just as excited as we were, I think, to have it out there. And like, the thing just gets stares stared down everywhere we go. It's just so cool. Yeah. Actually, the other week I was driving on the highway in the middle of the night, and I just saw flashes of like light. <laughs> I thought I was getting pulled over. It turns out it was a dude in a Beamer just like leaning out in a side view window trying to take a picture. He's like, yeah, all right, man. It's like, going to kill us all, but all right. You know, not like, uh, by all means, I hope that you guys don't ever lose any more vehicles, but do you ever have in your mind, like, how many more van puns do we have? It's endless, huh? Do you have, like, a notebook that's like, look, if we lose these more vehicles, like, we've got eight more van puns? Well, it's actually Hanksy's decision, although we've pitched some to him, but he always usually just goes with his own. Um, Even though I think some of our suggestions were pretty darn good. (laughs) I like Vanny McBride, but I'm a huge Eastbound and Down fan, so. For the most part, I think at least a couple of us are into Eastbound and Down. You know, now that, uh, how long has Yawn been a band now? It'll be uh, four years. What? Five years. Five years. Yawn. Two thousand nine was when. Late two thousand nine. So like yeah, five years. Yeah, it feels like a You know, but now that you know, I asked Archie Powell this at uh, at Riot Fest because you know Archie Powell and the and the exports have been a band for a few years now as well. Does it feel like you guys aren't, you know, I know you're talking about like, you know, when you email the empty bottle, you're getting a response right away and they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll set up a show. Does it feel like you guys aren't paying your dues or you're not still trying to explain who you are to people anymore? You're accepted, you're known in the community, and you're kind of moving up to that next level? Definitely here, definitely in, in Chicago. Chicago yeah. um, and that's, that's uh, I mean, that's great. And that's also just hanging out with other bands too, like, that is a huge thing. They may not, they, they may not have heard our music, but they definitely know the name. Just because we socialize a lot, you know, that too. Uh, it's all part of the scene, I guess. Well, I mean, I think that Field Trip absolutely, especially, had such a community. I mean, I was talking with David Starfox uh, just days ago when we were talking about, and then I was also talking to the Orwells about this too. Um, you know, 
about how crazy it is to like see the Orwells, you know, jump from field trip a few months later to Letterman and Paul Schaefer, yeah. or even just seeing what Twin Peaks are doing. You know, is it is it strange to see this community, this kind of like far south side hidden loft you guys were, you know, embedded in, start to really like reach beyond the city? It just reaffirms like that what we were doing was like actually meant something. You know, actually yeah. we we did have an eye and an ear for you know future of music at that time. And I feel like Chicago especially has, or, or people uh, around the US have, have this perception of Chicago that they sh that every, every, all the music that comes out of Chicago should be this kind of garagey kind of harder stuff, you know what I mean? And I think that's definitely what's coming out of Chicago now. They, they hit it at the right time, I think. I mean, and they're great, but it, it definitely reaffirms that we were onto something during that time. You know, like we, we recognize the great and then. Yeah, well, I mean, I was talking with David Starfox about just the community that he helped foster in that space and even continues online. And it's remarkable how far it's really traveled with everybody, including you guys and, and a lot of the other acts that have come out of there, not just, you know, Orwell's and, and Twin Peaks. So um, what's coming up next for Yawn? You know, now that Love Chills is out, you guys have completed this record. It's, it's out. People can experience it. You're starting to get some notoriety online with it, get some national exposure. Where does it go from here? Yeah, we're playing CMJ, I think, like, six showcases in a matter of, like... Wow, that's really awesome. Yeah, um, in, like, a matter of four days, so it's going to be a kind of a gauntlet of shows. Have um, you guys ever done CMJ before? No, no. Th this will be our first time. It's a lot of fun. I mean, New York in the fall is awesome, and it's, it's kind of different than a South by Southwest or certainly the Lollapalooza because it's spread out all over the city. So, like, you know, some of the stuff's in Brooklyn, some of the stuff's in Manhattan. It's, it's really all over the place. Do you guys know what venues you're at or anything, or...? One of them is the cake shop, for sure. Uh, then there's no, I, for, I forgot the one in Brooklyn that we're playing for, for. I mean, I'm sure it'll all be on your website. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. all on emails and just like lists, but um, yeah, it's all over, it's all over. It's both in like the Lower East Side and Brooklyn, like. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else coming up after, I didn't want to interrupt you. Other than that, the video, Miles Away video, just releasing more like content. We have a bunch of like live performance videos. Uh, and then we're moving into another recording studio. I'm gonna start like jamming out and making demos and. We have a few songs ready to eventually uh, release an EP. Some of them are extras from the, the album that we just didn't feel like they fit or for whatever reason we haven't used them. And then we have a few other songs that we're gonna finish up recording. And so that should be released sooner or later, probably within a few months. And there's solo work kind of going on with some of you guys as well, right? Did I read that? Uh -huh. Yeah, I've got a solo album that's complete and ready. Um, just decide when to put it out, I guess. Yeah. Um, and Sam's working on stuff. He's been writing a lot. So it sounds like there's a lot of music. Did you guys kind of find once, once you really like, you know, to sound like someone's dad, like you know, once you hunker down <laughs> on the album, you know what I mean? Like hunker down and get a job, son. But once you hunkered down, you got the album done. Did you f kind of find that the inspiration kept going? It, it was spreading to the solo stuff. It was spreading to some of these EP songs. Was it something where you ended up with more kind of inspiration and material than you could use for one specific album? Yeah, I think um, I, my experience is the more you write, the more you try to write, the more you will write. You know, yeah. like it's not you don't have to wait for some divine creative inspiration moment. You just keep writing, you just keep doing it, and the more you work with other people and stuff, it just keeps flowing, like, that's and, my experience. And also just knowing, like, what fits with the people you're working with, and if something you think doesn't necessarily work with, you know, the uh, Yawn stuff, we could always just do it on our own, and as long as we're, you know, staying productive about it and uh, pro 
uh, proficient, then we should, uh, yeah. and it should be a good thing. Well, Jan, uh, Adam, Daniel, Jorge, and Sam, man, I I've been a fan for a long time. It's really great to see everything happening. I, I love the music. I'm always happy to have you guys on the podcast. Um, let's not wait another three years <laughs> yeah. to do this again, but legitimately, I'm really excited that, I, you know, that there's a new record out, that things are moving forward to you guys, and I think it's long overdue because you know, I've seen how long you guys have been at this, and I'm really glad that more people are noticing now and that you, know, you guys can move forward like that. So congratulations, best of luck, and I'm really happy to see everything happening for you guys. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks yeah. a lot. Absolutely. Thanks for taking some time. This has been the Chicagoverse Unlimited Podcast. Thanks to Adam, Daniel, Jorge, and Sam of Yawn for being on the show this week. You can find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descend.